Jesus Christ is the Son of God who came to be the light of the world, who has infinite supply to bring life to billions and anyone who desires to know him by faith and receive his grace, he will shine his light on you. And at that moment, you are healed. At that moment, you become saved. At that moment, you are rescued from sin and death and again. And you never have to fear life again because he is the answer to all that you ever desired and all that you ever wanted to be. No guilt in life, no fear in death only found in Jesus Christ alone. Again, again, there are some here today. This is your moment. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Live in the Light, or maybe welcome for the first time. Live in the Light is a radio ministry intentionally and even urgently seeking radical transformation in our lives through the revelation of God's Word. Put simply, we believe in the open and unashamed teaching from God's Word, and we are seriously glad that you're here today because we're continuing on our look into that great little book that caps off the Old Testament. Of course, I'm speaking of the book of Malachi. We're going to jump right away into our teaching for today as we join Pastor Robbie and a message entitled, But For You Who Fear My Name. The topic of today's message is about the fear of the Lord. There's great joy, there's great challenge, there's great conviction, but there's also expectation and amazing hope in store for us today through God's Word. Let's join Robbie now with today's message. And so many of you right now are are devastated by living in the fear of man. The fear of man controls you, consumes you. The fear of man guides you. The fear of man cripples you. The Lord says to you right now, I want you to receive this from the Lord himself, right from his word, because that's all I'm doing, telling you God's word. God says to you, he says, I see you. I see you. I see everything that you're going through. I see you. He says, I hear you. I hear not one word is passed by my ears. He says this, he says, listen, I treasure you. I treasure you. If you are alive in the Lord Jesus Christ, treasured possession of the Lord. He says this, he says, I've saved you. I saved you. It's not a temporal salvation. It's not maybe hit and miss one day it's on, next day it's off. No, eternally secure in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says this, listen, he says, I love you. He says, I love you. Those who are filled with the fear of the Lord, this is the truth that is their foundation for life. This is what propels them to not give up. This is what guides them to what is their reality, glory that is before them. Because you see what happens in verse 18 now? Verse 18. Then once more, you shall see. Again, look, look, at, look at all what God's saying. You shall, I will, on that day, right? Future tense. The once, once more you shall see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between the one who serves God and the one who does not serve him. So once more you shall see. Those who fear my name, you shall see. You know that phrase in life when we say, you'll see. How do I know? And you're like, you just, you just know, like you know the outcome. You're like, you'll see, you'll see. You know what I'm talking about? Just wait, you'll see, you'll see. We just know what's gonna happen. It's often a really, that's what God's saying right here. He's like, you'll see, 
How do we know God? Fear the Lord, fear the Lord. Like, you'll see. Like, yeah, yeah, I will see. One day I will see. I will see what? There will be a distinction made between the righteous and the wicked. A distinction made between those who serve God and those who do not. A distinction made between those who are truly in Christ, those who are not. There'll be distinction made between those who are saved and those who are not saved. Loved ones, what do we learn here? Ready, ready? Learn, learn this. Stop allowing our emotions and worth to rise and fall based on our temporal circumstances. That's the key right here. I'll say it again. Stop allowing your emotions and worth to rise and fall based upon what's happening temporally in this world. God continues to call us over and over and over again. This world isn't it. This world isn't it. This life in the terms of eternity is a speck, is a speck, a vapor, a mist, like the grass come and go. And then eternity begins. You gotta be reminded, it's one of the things God says over and over and over again. On this note, let's go New Testament, Romans 8. Romans 8, verse 23. This whole section of scripture is groaning for glory. You know what's right that we're supposed to groan, right? You realize that? Groaning's good. We're to groan for what is to be. How many people have figured out the art of groaning yet? Anyone? Anyone? Groaning? 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 Where are you? Where are you? I see a couple right here. Any more? Okay, okay, the rest of you, come on now. It's so biblical. You got to learn to groan. You say, what do you mean by that? Okay, well, notice this. Not only the creation is groaning. You realize that creation is groaning? Earthquakes, storms, natural disasters, just the cause of sin all throughout the earth. It's groaning. Climate change, whatever you want to say, all that's it's signs of groaning that there's something greater coming. The earth itself is longing for the new heavens and new earth where everything is restored to the way it was supposed to be in utter perfection. The earth itself is groaning. Creation is groaning. The universe is groaning. Awesome. But we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit. Okay, so if you're filled with the Spirit of God, if you're saved, born again, regeneration, you are saved in Jesus Christ, you are to groan. When the Spirit of God is within you, the Spirit of God is saying, this world isn't it. Don't live for the world. The Spirit of God is saying, it's not true. It's not real. It won't last. It's a lie. Live for Christ. Heaven's coming. Glory is about to be. Jesus Christ will return and all will be made right. All the pain and sin will be gone. The Spirit of God, even now in you, says, it's true, it's true, it's true, because it says it right here. We ourselves, with the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly. We groan, we long. You should be like when you're walking and you hurt yourself or wake up and you feel so old and, and you're aching. That's groaning. That's groaning. You can turn the aches of your body into spiritual worship in a sense because you know you're made for something greater than this. Greater than this, amen. Oh my goodness. Greater than this, right? That day's coming, it's coming. It's good to groan. We groan as we see the pain in the world. We groan in the darkness. We groan and wait eagerly, eagerly. See, if I'm doing a Bible, then, oh, some green showed up. Awesome. That's amazing. Now what? Okay, here's the theology of this right here, okay? Look at this. So we're groaning what? For adoption as sons. You say, wait, wait, I thought I, thought I was adopted in Jesus Christ. If I'm saved in him, I'm adopted. Yes, it's the already and not yet. Big point of theology. There's a present reality, but there's also a future coming reality as well. So we are adopted as sons, but we're not fully saved yet in terms of our glorification. 
The Bible says we have been saved. Justification, we are being saved. Sanctification, we shall be saved. Glorification. So there's past, present, future tense. This time, future tense of salvation. See, there's so much more to come. And the redemption, well, I thought I was redeemed by the cross of Jesus Christ and his blood shed for me. I was purchased by him. That's true, that's true. But notice, the redemption of our bodies. There it is. I'm telling you, man, I think I'm teaching right now. It's, it's good to groan. It's good to groan about your weakness and how, how old you're getting and realizing you're not getting any younger, right? Hey, young people, your turn's coming. <laughs> your turn's coming. You feel like you're all, you know, unbeatable, unbreakable. You'll see, you'll see, all right? Look, look at that. For in this hope, in this hope, we were saved. See that? That's so awesome. In the hope of what? Redemption, adoption, you know, for our salvation, groaning. This is all, this is all part of fearing the Lord. That this world isn't it. That we were made for so much more. I mean, I, I really hope that you're encouraged right now. And that, that is the point of why God gives us passages like this to tell us, listen, listen, there's more. There's more. Just before we move on, verse 18, notice, the distinction between the righteous and the wicked and the distinction between the one who serves God and the one who doesn't serve. Now, why is that important? Because it pulls us back to verse 14, okay? Verse 14, the people complain. Hard heart says it's vain to serve God. It's vain to serve God. But notice, that's what the irreverent say. Those who don't have the fear of the Lord say it's vain to serve. Those with the fear of the Lord will never say that. Those in the fear of the Lord say it is never vain to live for God ever because he holds all of life and my salvation. John Payton, the missionary to cannibals, wonderful, powerful, incredible man of God. He said this, I've always loved this quote. He said this, those who have tasted this highest joy, the joy of the Lord, will never again ask, is life worth living? It is never vain to serve God. Some of you are here right now. You are in a dark, dark place. You are fighting through misery. You are struggling with deep depression and dark thoughts. You are filled with hatred for your life and maybe just misery in this world. Jesus Christ is the answer. Jesus doesn't promise life will be easy, but Jesus promises that purpose and meaning and joy will be found in him. This is a man that was ministering to those who were trying to kill him to eat him. And he said, those who have tasted the highest joy, the joy in Jesus Christ, salvation in him, the joy of the Lord, will never again ask, is life worth living? Will you struggle? Yes. Will life be hard? Yes, in this world. But to the point, the foundation spiritually is, I will always know that in the end, life is absolutely worth living because I am a daughter or son of the Lord God Almighty and I belong to Jesus Christ, and he has saved me from sin, death, and Satan itself. That thought comes, though, when we are filled with the fear of the Lord. But for you who fear my name, you see what's happening? So a lack of fear, calloused and complaining heart, filled with fear, reverent and remembered, and now our third point, this, we see now the reason to fear the Lord, okay? I got two J's coming up. Two J's. Are they up there already? Oh, they are. They are, which is totally fine. Judgment in Jesus, okay? Callous and complaining, reverent and remembered, and now judgment and Jesus. Here's, here's the reason to fear the Lord. So chapter four, verse one, take a look. 
For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and evildoers will be stubble. That day is coming. The day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, that it will leave them neither root nor branch. I think it's needless to say, in verse one, this is the judgment part. And in some ways you read that verse and you're like, wow. Now right here in verse one, loved ones, this is a teaching and doctrine of God's word that many people choose to pass over or ignore or neglect altogether, okay? But let us understand the doctrine of judgment is so critical to the urgency of the gospel. And God has said it, therefore we must preach it. And as we look at verse one, it should hold us in a sense of godly fear. It should remind us that this is not a game. This is not a joke. Have you ever noticed how obsessed our world is with entertainment? I mean, completely and utterly idolatrous towards just make me be entertained for another half hour, for another hour. Just let me get through the escapism of this next day. Let me live for the next sporting event, the next TV show, the next thrill ride. Just it's obsessed with entertainment, right? Why? Denying reality. It's an attempt to deny the reality of this world we live in. The moment Jesus Christ returns to judge, okay, that is all in one millisecond seen for what it is. Absolutely useless. Puff, in a puff of smoke, it's gone. Live wisely. Live wisely, but the world is obsessed because they're suppressing the truth of what actually is real. And here's what's real from verse one. That judgment is real. We're going to learn three things from judgment on the screen from here. Uh, beside me in verse one, notice this, first of all, um, judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. The text says, behold, the day is coming. Then again, it says in verse one twice, the day is coming. What's the day? It's the day of the Lord. It's the day when Jesus Christ returns to deal with all those who have opposed him. That's going to be a terrifying day for those apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. So we understand here that justice is on its way. The Bible talks about it all over the place. The day is coming when all wrongs will be righted. The day is coming, note the text says in verse one, where the arrogant and the evildoers, they will be judged. That day is coming. We gotta be crystal clear. This will not be a fun day for those opposed to the Lord Jesus Christ. This should cause us to be sober-minded. This should give us great reason to fear, to fear the Lord. You know, one of the texts that speaks about this, and sometimes we have this image of Jesus sometimes, like he's some kind of fluffy teddy bear and stuff. And, and I'm not against at all seeing Jesus for what he is of grace and love, but there's more to this, okay? Revelation, Revelation 19, I'll read it for you. When Jesus Christ is about to return, listen to what it says about him. Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. The one sitting on it is called Faithful and True. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire and on his head are many diadems and he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood and by the name which he is called is the word of God. The robe dipped in blood is not like blood from the cross. That's done. The robe dipped in blood is the sign of how much he will conquer his enemies. And the armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh, he has written the name King of Kings 
and Lord of Lords. Judgment is coming. Jesus came first as a humble servant. He returns as a conquering king. We learn next, just from Malachi 4, verse 1, that judgment will be severe. Notice verse 1. Just telling you what God's word says. The day is coming, burning like an oven. Wow. It says the day is coming that shall set them ablaze. There's imagery of fire and heat here. Here again is a portion of God's word that those who overemphasize God's grace and neglect God's holiness don't understand or either appreciate. As we learned a couple of weeks ago from Pastor Craig, the fire of Malachi 3 is the purifying of God's people. The fire of Malachi 4 is the judgment of the wicked. Again, in our day, there's such an emphasis on Jesus and his grace and love, to which I say, awesome, of course. Of course, Jesus is grace. Of course, he's love. But listen, not emphasizing the grace and love of Jesus to the neglect of the fact that Jesus was grace and truth, John 1, 14. It's amazing, the conversation you get into, uh, I like being with people emphasize the love of Jesus, and Jesus, you know, then if all you do is emphasize the grace of Jesus in that sense, then you're no longer like Jesus. Because Jesus was full of grace and truth. You don't choose the part you like. If you truly want to be like Jesus, you give the whole package. Jesus talked about hell more than anyone else in Scripture. Because Jesus loved people truly. He loved them in grace, but he loved them in truth. And he gave the truth. The reality is, if you don't know the bad news, you won't understand the good news. Let me just consider the reality of what Jesus said in truth from a few passages in the gospel. This is a tiny sample of what Jesus said on the reality we're learning today. Jesus said this, the son of man will send his angels and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and lawbreakers and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place, there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus said, it's, it's, these verses don't seem to show up when it comes to the emphasis of Jesus. And this is so important. Next verse. Jesus said, then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. It's not a joke. One more example from Jesus. Jesus says, and if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled than with two hands go to hell. To the unquenchable fire. Why did Jesus say things like this? Well, because what is love? If you see someone floating down a river towards their death over some kind of massive falls, you don't just sit there, sit back and say, hey, good luck. If you really love them, you try to save them and you try to warn them. If you truly love them, you say, listen, it's not like, hey, let's live this life, do your best, see what happens at the end. God is, you know, he'll just figure it out and everyone will go to heaven. That, that's not reality. The reality is those who oppose Jesus Christ and reject him, those who refuse to believe that he is the son of God and creator of the heavens and earth and see him as the one, they are not friends of God, they are enemies of God. And therefore they stand in judgment when Jesus Christ returns. And that will not be a fun day. Judgment is coming, judgment will be severe and thirdly, judgment will be final. It will be final. Look at the end of verse one. I'm just telling you what God's word says. Notice, 
will set them ablaze so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. When a tree is cut down or a tree is pruned severely, as long as there's root or branch, there's hope. If there's branch, there's hope it can return. Even at a stump, a stump in some forms, again, you cut it off and a shoot goes up and then all of a sudden it can restore itself to its former glory. If there's no root or branch, there's no hope for return. Zero. That tree, that bush, whatever it is, it's done. It's done. It'll never appear again in the same way as that tree or bush. This is the reality for those who oppose Jesus Christ. Judgment will be final. No second chances when you die. That's not happening. This is the reality for all those who oppose and reject the Lord Jesus Christ. It gives us reason to fear the Lord. It gives us reason to reach out in love and to warn of the truth. Okay, that is the judgment part. And I realize it's serious and having just, I'm trying to be faithful to what God's word says, but now we come to the Jesus part. Look at verse two. But for you, here we go. Here's our title. Here's the hub of our text. But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall and you shall tread down the wicked for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act says the Lord of hosts. Notice this. The son of righteousness shall rise. I believe wholeheartedly along with all the commentators over history that this is a reference to the Lord Jesus Christ. The son of righteousness shall rise. Notice with healing in its wings. Jesus Christ is born to live, to die, to be raised from the dead, to heal us from sin and death. Again, some of you are here right now and you feel anything but healed. You feel so broken. You're hurting, just so wounded emotionally, spiritually. Jesus is the one who comes to bring spiritual healing from death itself. This is the gospel. Notice he brings joy to the point that we will go leaping like calves from the stall. What an image. Just think calves that are tied up, calves that are restricted, and then they're free to go. The young calves, as they leap and they dance, and they're so excited. This is the, this is the joy of salvation only found in Jesus Christ. Notice he says to you, will tread down the wicked. Meaning there's complete and total victory for those who give their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the reality in Jesus, the son of righteousness we cannot lose. We are guaranteed life and victory. But again, notice the condition or the invitation we start. But for you who fear my name, but for you who fear my name, there is healing, joy, and life. But for you who don't, there is no healing, there is no life, there is no joy. There's death. And the fear of the Lord, as we take this over to the New Testament, the fear of the Lord is the is receiving by faith Jesus Christ and the forgiveness of your sins and honoring him as Lord and as Savior because he loves you so much that he gave his life for you that you may not perish but have eternal life. Who is here today that needs to be filled with the fear of the Lord. Today, with all my heart and with the authority of God's word before us right now, I, I invite you to life in Jesus Christ. There are some here today, you've never done this. You have been walking away, running away, rejecting, pushing off the invitation to eternal life for months, if not years, and possibly decades. I implore you, 
I implore you to receive the life that is only found in the Lord Jesus Christ. I invite you to be rescued from judgment. I beg you to joy and love. I urge you to come to Jesus. I plead with you to turn from your sin and trust him as savior. I ask you, why would you not come today? Why would you hesitate any longer? Why would you resist him at this moment? Why? Why would you turn away from the one who wants to set you free from every part of misery? You know and I know and deep down our world is so dark and so gloomy and so hurtful and so sad and so sick and so messed up and so depressed and so much misery and so much hate. The world doesn't work. Jesus Christ is the light that shines into the darkness because he is the son of righteousness. The son of righteousness rises with healing in its wings as the son of our and our solar system gives life to billions on this planet and billions more in all of creation and has overabundance left over to supply in our sun if it had to. Jesus Christ is the son of God who came to be the light of the world, who has infinite supply to bring life to billions and anyone who desires to know him by faith and receive his grace, he will shine his light on you. And at that moment, you are healed. At that moment, you become saved. At that moment, you are rescued from sin and death and again. And you never have to fear life again because he is the answer to all that you ever desired and all that you ever wanted to be. No guilt in life, no fear in death only found in Jesus Christ alone. Again, again, there are some here today. This is your moment. Today is the day of salvation. Do not harden your heart. Do not resist the love of God. Bend the knee to acknowledge he is Lord. Confess your sin to him as savior. And you see what happens in your life. You see, you see what begins. A journey that is difficult but a journey you will never, ever regret for the rest of eternity, only found in Jesus Christ. That's how much he loves you. This is how much he loves you. It's a serious thing. This life is not a game. I implore you, give your life to Jesus Christ now. Don't say, I'll think about it. Don't say, I'm going to wait another day. No, now. Now, with all the faith you have, give your life to Jesus Christ Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads. Let's be quiet. If you are here today and you desire, you desire life, you desire to return from sin, you desire to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you are so desperate for life to be lived in him, I just invite you to pray this prayer with me right now. And if it is real for you, then you can, you can have assurance. You can know that Jesus Christ is setting you free once and for all. You say, Lord Jesus Christ, I confess to you that I have sinned against you, against the Lord. But Jesus Christ, I know and I believe that you died for my sins. There's nothing I can do to save myself, but it's all that you have done to save me. Jesus, I believe that you lived, died, and rose again, and one day you will return. Jesus, I want to be your child. I want to belong to you. I want to be saved. Save me from my sin. You are Lord. You are life. You are love. Jesus, I place my faith in you.
set me free. Jesus, set me free. Oh, call out to him, child. Call out to him. And you and you will, you will become an adopted son or daughter of God himself, filled with the fear of the Lord, found in Jesus Christ alone. God, build your church here today, I pray. I pray there are many decisions made in reality that will never, ever end. Be glorified through our lives, how much we love you and need you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And loved ones, just a reminder, we would love here at Living Light, we would love to hear from you if God's been moving in such a strong way, maybe even just today, providing you with that great message of hope. Our phone number is one 22 light That's one 22 light Or you can reach out to us via our website at liveinthelight.ca. Our mailing address in Canada is 500 Great Lakes Boulevard in Oakville, Ontario. Our postal code is L6L6X9. That's all for today, listeners. Join us again next time here on Live in the Light.